Hi. Hello. <laughs> How is everyone doing today? <laughs> <clears throat> we are BF Goggles, and we have been doing this podcast for a while. Um, I realize that we probably should have been like, wow, it's been like a year or something. Um, oh. <laughs> wow. But, you know. Yeah. Who knows about time? We've never been married. We don't know anything <laughs> about anniversaries. It's fine. Actually, even if I was married, I'd probably be like, oh, has it been a year? Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, you know, my first relationship, who I adore immensely, um, we're still friends, and I probably need to text him. Um, uh, in high school, we did month anniversaries, and they were really cute. Um, I would never do that now, but... You wouldn't? Month anniversaries? I feel like dating at our age, um, which is a mysterious age that y'all don't know, um, I feel like uh, you, I mean, that's like very like first relationship stuff. And I don't think a lot of people around our age are in their first relationship like fields. And so I think a lot of people would see it as like a red flag. Honestly, mm. they'd be like, "Whoa, that's way too intense." I've been mm. dating you a month, and we're not even official, you know. Right. And by the time you like become official, like you're no like the the monthly anniversary is probably like not even on your radar. It could you know? be like we're we're dating, and this means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, oh, what you want to do a monthly anniversary, and we've been talking for four, yeah. and you're like, I yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like maybe that's also like it's been a while since I've like been entangled with someone who's like romantic in any kind of way. So oh, I I would I would I would be dying to know more about this. <laughs> uh, I I I will chime in and say I did. Ta- I was talking to somebody who's like. I will probably delete this. I was talking to somebody who's a friend of mine who like recently like broke up with their partner, but they're still friends and they still like have like very close proximity. And it's just like, I don't think you're not like they're like, she she was like, we're not friends. And it's just like, but you are because you're doing all these gestures and like you're doing, putting all this effort into making sure this person is okay. And I was like, like, I was just like, I know of my exes. I've known of my exes for 10 years. We don't talk. We're not friends. That's not friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, what you're yeah. doing, but you're fucking friends. Because you still talk, you still care, and you still act like you care. Yeah. You've met the factors of friendship. Yeah. Accept yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, and then you can decide to put that on a spectrum. Like, yeah. we're, like, not close friends or something. And even then, yeah. it'd be up to debate, but, like... Like, I'm friends with her. She's <laughs> not good. She's not good to me. It's like, well, you, yeah, you're friends. You're just in a toxic... You just have a toxic <laughs> friendship. Like, <laughs> that's, that's what yeah, that is. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're like, like joke's on you. Some things still transfer when you... Like, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe this is... This person is, like, fully 10 years, I think, younger than me. So, I was just like... You'll get there, I think. Maybe I'm just being super sensitive. I'm just being like, mm-hmm. oh, if you are if you are exchanging words, you're fucking friends. Like, <laughs> right? If you're if you're like, what is it called? Not colloquial, uh, collegial. Oh yes, collegial. you're you're 
Um, yeah. <laughs> love the, we love the broad spectrum. It's um, true. Yeah. So I don't really know what the, you know, I don't really know what the kids are doing in their uh, young and love days. But Do we want to know? I don't. I mean, <laughs> not personally. Right? Um, That's the thing. Yeah, not personally. Um, but I'm sure I'm sure it's just as messy and as great as it was um, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know where we began, but I know where we're going. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about Licolas Recoil. Um, the Wikipedia is really interesting because the manga says that it's for Seinen, which oh. Seinen is got older men. Um, and then the light novel, it also says men. So this is actually a really interesting thing um there's a reason why i asked francesca to watch it um and put her through this um and so we're gonna talk about it mm. um but yeah we're gonna talk about licorice licorice recoil mm-hmm. um, hopefully i'm saying that partially correct um and so what we got is uh i feel like i'm just gonna do the the setup do it is that okay yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. i thought so um I'm trying to make this as bearable like, as please. we can <laughs> um so licolous recoil is this anime that came out in the summer of last year um it kind of features this really i was really surprised when it started rolling because it's a very um nationalist purified japan essentially Mm -hmm. um which maybe for some people nationalist japan doesn't really uh, remove itself from being uh, different but whatever Mm -hmm. um i am not i i only know what i know from anime y'all um and so (laughs) um but like you know it's like very government controlled basically everyone believes that they're in peace but there's sleeper agents um called lilies um, or liquor, they're called liquoroys. No, they're, they're called lilies. The uh, aid, the agency is called liquoroys. Anyway, oh. right? Or they're called liquoroys. We don't know. I'm not sure because it gets. I think you don't really know what. It's like they talk about the ranking, but I don't know if they talk about the like agent part of it. Yeah, designation. Okay. Um. So. Anyway, you realize that there's these sleeper agents that are um, all, like, high school girls that are, like, basically just going around and, like, shooting people. And so, like, the intro is, like, really intense because it's, like, to keep pe- – like, it's, like, like a really nice voiceover. And, like, while the nice voiceover is happening, you just, like, see these, like, <laughs> girls, like, just shooting people up with, like, silencers, like, all across the city and, like, right. dealing with bodies. <laughs> and so, like, this is kind of, like, the setup for it. Um Basically, there's a hostage situation for, like, a weapons dealer, and weapons are uh, very regulated there. Um, uh, this is, yeah, whatever. My brain wanted, wanted to go one way. We're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then it, like, uh, there's, like, a long, uh, cool, serious beauty um, who, uh, her name is uh, Takana. Uh, and she kind of goes against orders, and by going against orders, um, she uh, she goes against orders during the operation, and because she does this, she kind of gets kicked out of the HQ, mm-hmm. and she gets um, she ends up having to go um, to this cafe um, and be with this like team that's not a part of headquarters, and she is feeling really. Um, 
she's feeling really stressed that she's not uh, in her role because it also seems like, you know, there's like a weird like once they graduate they can like they have to like retire you know so her time's like limited for serving her nation um and so yeah she meets like a a ragtag cafe group (laughs) so to speak um and a very ganky girl um called chisato Mm -hmm. um and so basically the series follows the two of them um as chisato has like a very different worldview on how to like maintain peace so chisato um as you said there was a lot lot of death in the beginning chisato uh uses kind of um these like uh bludgeoning bullets so they don't kill anybody they'll just really hurt um people um to take out people and so she's all about like not killing people Mm. so you kind of have this you know dichotomy tension in the beginning about like you know Shisato not killing people and talking about being like sometimes you like need to do sometimes death is necessary to complete a mission mm-hmm. whatever um the other two people um that are there is um this older uh green um she, I mean she's in green colors for me Mm. um (laughs) there's an older woman who like is mostly the driver she Mm -hmm. does other things um her name is mizuki i'm doing first names right now i'm so sorry to their last name and i know we're not like that but it's fine um and then there's uh mika and mika is a black man who uh runs the cafe Mm -hmm. um and he's in purple um we eventually will meet um a a a lolly hacker um named kurumi um and that's the cast. There's a cast of five. There's other characters, but that's the ma- main people in the cafe. Right. Um, I probably overran this summary, but that's the, no, <laughs> that's that the beginning. <laughs> that's the beginning of the show. Um, and yeah, before I ask Francesca a question, um, I'm just gonna say that like there was like a moment where which where I saw the show and I thought Francesca would be interested, and then there was a moment that happened in the show and I was like, oh, we definitely have to talk about it. Hmm. So, um, we're going to get Francesca's thoughts about the show first. Oh, no. Because <laughs> no. I've been talking mm. a lot. <laughs> My thoughts about the show in general? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, this is BF Goggles. And... <laughs> We talk about things that may or may not be queer on their face. And um, (laughs) this is one of those times where I was like, do I put both of my goggles on? Do I put, do I put a monocle on? (laughs) Do I twirl an imaginary mustache (laughs) and watch this show? Um. I don't know. I can't recall what I did, but it was mildly entertaining. But there were a few points where I was just like, oh, this feels very like XP'd out. I, I guess um, it's like it's an interesting show. I, I, I think it's more interesting to me for the things that like honestly just aren't Yuri. Yeah. Um, I'm really I was really excited to see like a black main character, like main like cast member who exists and gets to be themselves and like isn't questioned Mm -hmm. or like isn't like um sort of like uh 
what's the word like afro samurai or something like that or like uh black people who show up in like maybe samurai shampoo maybe once yeah. it's just kind of like this is a show about hip-hop or like this is something that's so ingrained in like borrowing and like assimilating like like hip-hop culture that like this feels um put upon and mm-hmm. like like just empty but like i i enjoyed uh mika and his, his whole backstory was amazing to me uh mm-hmm. we will probably talk about that later um so that was one thing and then like the two girls like chisato i thought chisato was really interesting for a lot of reasons um i thought that like the action choreography was really well done with her and i was like like i think that like that's what really wrangled me in the first few episodes i was just like oh okay like girl meets girl like ice queen meets like kind of like sugary center and and here we go but then it was like oh sugary center has bite hmm yeah yeah (laughs) and it was like that's really cool and like is so proficient and like air like airbrained geniuses are really awesome and like when they when they get the funding they need to do the the choreography right it's even better so i was just like Oh, you're getting me a, you're getting me in like an action adventure way, not in a like queer desire way. Yeah. And yeah. so that's like kind of the sticking thing. There might have been moments of like, oh, okay, there could be queer desire between these two, but that like at this point, at that point I was just like, oh, okay, I'm I'm in it for um you know, for the uh, guns blazing of it all. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like one of those uh things were like <clears throat> the feeling the the feelings between the main characters are like they they're expressed in a way that feels like you probably will need you you probably would like a light goggle on probably yeah. like a monocle like you said right like you don't need to squint too hard to see a potential there but like narratively um maybe it's not uh there aren't these like kind of expressions like in like Virgin Road of like one character, right? Like it's not mm-hmm. like so heavy handed, especially between the two main characters. Um, there's like two side characters um, where it's interesting, like the um, senpai of that that those side characters. She has like a love hate thing with Chisato, mm-hmm. and her kohai like implies that like that love that that hate thing is actually a love thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, but like, excuse me, there's like, um, basically like, you know, it's an all girls unit. (laughs) So there's, so there's, there's like, I know, like a a general awareness that there might be queer desire or at least queer, um, queer outlets happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like between the girls. Um, it's like not, it's not like. Uh, removed you know mm-hmm. um i think so one of the one of the scenes that i thought i saw that i thought you might enjoy it um was um so you like don't know this about chisato at the time but she like needs to go get like a, a medical checkup so she has to go to hq and then takina wants to follow her because this is early in the series and takina still is like really trying to return to hq mm-hmm. and um there's like a moment where 
there's like a spontaneous hug that happens and Chisato like lifts Takina up mm. and like it's just like really natural and really free and it's like skinship in this place where like even if queer desire is like maybe between the units like it seems like they're they don't really they it's hush hush like it's still something that would be you know no one no one can know you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's kind of like the atmosphere that you're getting mm. and so you kind of have this moment of joy because that's kind of like what chisato like represents is like freedom and joy and like trying to create trying to maintain a world where she can be happy and others can be happy it's like kind of one of her big motives mm-hmm. and so and then like takina is um you know um swept up in it and it's just really sweet it's really sweet from Chisato's angle, and it was really nicely animated. And so I was like, oh, this this might, I was like, this might, this might pan out. This is also like episode three or something. Mm. And so I, I didn't, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't decided. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the end, you had me watch it, so it, it... yeah, yeah. But it wasn't, it's interesting, because I think, I think you make a really good point. Like, it's kind of, there's probably a really beautiful montage of all their shots together and in isolation you could weave a really cute romantic narrative Mm -hmm. but like that's kind of like not why you watch the show i kind of (laughs) agree yeah i mean maybe it's because like i think like chisato's character and like her backstory and like i mean as usual spoilers it's gonna happen like her character is so invested in having enjoyment of life while it lasts Mm -hmm. that it's just like any sort of her whimsy is not is like so ingrained in her like reasons for being and like going on day after day that it doesn't read to me as romantic right it reads to me as like joy de vivre type stuff like just like Mm -hmm. joy of living and like so there's a way in which it sort of defeats any sort of like romantic spin which again is probably like why it's like a monocle because it is super fluffy like they have a lot of like cute fluff and it and it probably means a lot more because of like Takina being like such an ice queen Mm -hmm. but I was just kind of like Maybe, I mean, on one hand, I kind of want to compare it to, it's like, I want to compare this show to a lot of things. I I yeah. would almost compare it to, like, Akira in a way. I would compare it to Princess Principal mm-hmm. um, because it's, like, sort of, like, police state. But this is not d- dystopian police state, whereas, like, Akira is, like, sort of, like, um, you know, teenage kids dealing with, like, a totalitarian police state, whereas this is, like, teenage girls who are, like, complicit in a totalitarian police state. Yeah, um, yeah. And, like... Very, very different. Yeah, and, like, their... The vision of society is just, like, called good, which in and of itself is slightly problematic. Like, the, the their position in society is not good. But, like, you don't focus on that or, like, they turn, it's just, like, there's this monolith of, like, terror that uh, is ever encroaching and, like, we just kind of have to accept that as the big bad uh, because of the way that the story is structured and they don't really, and, like, maybe there's a way to say, like, oh, the 
the situation that they're in, like the agency itself is also evil, but it's just like, well, they're the only good people are like the five of them really. And like the other agents uh, who are just kind of like, I'm just here existing, doing what I can to exist. And that's not a bad, like that's not wrong. Right. But, um, so in, in, in a way it's interesting cause it kind of, you know, plays with ideas that you could see in like other things that were deeply dark 10 years ago, but now it's like, oh, it's all like um, sort of like too bright. And then like comparing it to something like Princess Principle, it's still brighter and like a little bit peppier than Princess Principle, but there's still sort of like a lot of political intrigue and like manipulation of, um, you know, young people by older people. Um for some sort of like national purpose and uh you have these two girls at the center of it who occupy similar stations but like kind of complement each other um mm -hmm. and then they have their like ragtag team that kind of like goes off and does their own thing when they like somehow you know you're in a government agency but you still have agency to like say fuck that i'm gonna go do what i want and it's just like <laughs> that would never fly you guys would all probably just like be like bagged and shipped off to some i don't i don't think that this is feasible in like the police state that you actually are imagining. yeah well the 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 like caveat is supposed to be that chisato is like chisato is like so um exceptional mm -hmm. that like it gives her that wiggle room right which i i agree there's like something about it where like is she really that exceptional but like that's the way the narrative excuse her kind of uh freedom right yeah it's a little bit deus ex i think like oh here's here's the thing that like will set everything like here's here's the little like trump card and i mean that's fine it's it's a it's a very like it makes it a very like neat story and like there's like all the parts are contained which is true of i think a lot of really well structured like shows that come from light novels i don't know if it's the light novel itself i just checked because i, I had like a weird feeling mm -hmm. sorry to cut you off no no um but this is anime original which is why it's really oh. hard on the internet to find out if it's yuri or not oh and I and that yeah, and that also explains why I think I was having a hard time with the show, right? Because you were get you were when you watch it week by week, you're guessing if they were going to follow through on some things, mm -hmm. right? Um, which I have thoughts and opinions on, but continue. Right. Oh no, I um, what was I going to say? Um, you were just you were talking about them being like a if you didn't know if it was based off of a light novel. I kind of disrupted oh, that train of thought. Oh but. no, yeah, no, you're okay. I was just gonna say like it is a really like very like tightly um, told story. It doesn't have like a whole lot of like um, kind of tendrils going off, and there's really not a whole lot. Like it's a it's a, it's a very it's like it's like a um, its own little capsule. Mm -hmm. If they decide to do another season, you know that's cool, but like they told a very like clean story and um yeah i don't know i just i just couldn't i couldn't get into it only on the yuri yeah like there were other things and then there were things that killed the yuri for me <laughs> oh, oh, oh i'm okay i'm curious about that um uh, i was gonna ask you a question go for it go for it 
what okay after after episode three like what are the things that kept you in 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 what are the things that made you have skin in the game um well okay so i think that um I was really interested in whether they were going to follow through on the Yuri, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's also kind of what we talked about in Gundam, right? Right. Um, That, like, if you watch a show, especially an anime original show that doesn't have any source material, and you see the signs of it, but you don't know if the narrative is going to commit to it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, um, there's Takina and Chisato's Day at the Museum, which is essentially, or Aquarium, which is essentially a date, you know? Right. Um, and I think one of the things that made me more interested in it was that it felt like Takina actually kind of melted to Chisato relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think normally in this narrative, like, she would, like, still be struggling for, like, much more of this this season and the, you know, episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would almost be, like, either, like, a climactic moment or something like that. And, like, Takina, like, really, like, you know she warms up she melts she kind of feels like she's on board and it's almost like there's like something about their relationship that feels like in a goggles way not in a text way but in a goggles way Mm -hmm. that they like that they like fast forward to getting together by like episode four or five or whenever that happens Mm -hmm. and then they're just like understood to be together and then like the narrative like does like it gives you like glimpses and ways in which they're together but like it doesn't continue their narrative because it's almost like well they're together you know what i mean like it's like that their their relationship is in some ways like not actually the plot and often in yuri the relationship is the plot Mm -hmm. and so like they're they're almost like a they're if they're romantic if they're not whatever it's almost like a subplot to like what's going on Mm -hmm. um but you don't know that when you're watching it week to week and so you're like oh is it are they gonna come back to it and i feel like they like they do but it, they do it in a non-committal way which i think is like hard to swallow mm. um I, I i think that like every single time talk Takina does a gesture that like chisato like her response because of her positionality it, it, she can't fully accept it right and mm. so it almost feels like she keeps like like um moving past it like half acknowledging it but not fully acknowledging it and like it's weird because Shisato is seemingly a direct person until you realize that she isn't for very specific reason Mm. um so I feel like yeah I was really I was I was kind of will they won't they right um and then uh we get uh the reveal of um Maki oh Mika Mika we get the reveal of Mika um and then I was like, Francesca has to launch this. Oh. <laughs> that was so, the thing. That was the thing. Because I was like, we have to talk. Like, there's no way. I was like, the I finished the series being like, ooh, yeah, Francesca's not going to like this for the Yuri. But, like, I also can't tell you why I wanted you to watch it. Because it would kind of, like, ruin the surprise. Right. Like, you know? Um, which I think is really essential to, like, the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, yeah. So I think that that's what what kept me in is like, will they, won't they? And I think I just enjoyed the two of them a lot together. Um, And then that happened, and I was just kind of like, all right, I'm I'm fully into finishing this the finishing the series to see if they still will they, won't they? But ultimately, because now we have like something really fun to talk about. Um, 
But weirdly, weirdly, before we talk about them, which feels heinous, um, <laughs> to do after like such built up. <laughs> um, did you? You said Shisato was a really interesting character. Oh, there's two things. The first thing I wanted to say is when you were talking mm. and like kind of talking about the two of them, I was suddenly thinking around how like Chisanto really feels like Madoka and Takuma really feels like Hamura. And I know that it makes sense because, you know, they're uh, Hamura and Madoka are like a template for a certain archetype in, right. in Yuri re- recently. But it feels like in the way that we talked about, it, I think, before, where in some ways, um, you were talking about Chisato's, like, um, you know, the, just, like, live to la- live, like, mm-hmm. nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, like, something about that where, you know, it feels like maybe the desire isn't on Chisato's, like, half. And there's this, there's a reason probably why, narratively. And Takina is the one that has desire. And Takina is the one that acts on it. And so you end up seeing, like, Takina constantly chasing after Chisato in, like, all these kind of ways. Though the narrative doesn't give them a really big emotional moment Mm. everything's always everything's always played kind of like playful and and safe Hmm. with them right so you don't have anything like Hamro like breaking down and crying to Madoka and Mm. being like why won't you just live or something you know like something that really like shows and and talking is so cold that like it's really you kind of need you kind of need something that like breaks through so you know that there's a desire or else you have to like literally take all the little ways that she shows care anyway oh so yeah um well i want to respond to that yeah yeah go for it go for it uh i i agree i think takina is the desiring one but i think that i mean it's like it's like when you said like why won't you just live it's like like i think takina is is like so hell-bent on protecting and like mm. that's what gets her in trouble is that she's just like in the first episode or whatever she's just like they're like hold back hold back and she's like I could go for it. I could go save this person right now I'm going to go do that. And then she basically right. gets in trouble for it. But it's like it wouldn't that wouldn't fly well with Chisato because Chisato's like it's like I'm trying to protect you and then Chisato's like I'm already dead. So there's yeah. just like why like you don't need to do that i'm not here for you to protect me i'm here to just like kind of be and so it's like kind of a little bit like um i don't know it reminds me of like um like femme fatale-ness it's like here's the naive sort of like trying to do the right thing detective-y person and then they kind of have to butt heads with like the kind of like person who's like kind of all in it all in in the moment and like kind of knows that today could be the last day and like right. is just going all out all the time and then like <clears throat> on its face it looks like here's this like savant just like um really capable person uh teaming up with another savant capable person but it's like here's someone who's very calculating in takina and like takes very calculated risks uh to a degree and then it's like actually you're the messy one only because chisato is like like the clock around here like is very aware of her own time and your time and what it takes to do things in time right and like it's um it's interesting because i feel like their roles reverse a little without really making a big deal about it 
Right. Um, but I, I, I guess it's, it's, it's like it, 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 it was, it had so much potential to be this really, really, really rot, like, just like heart ringing, like mutual desire thing Mm -hmm. of like, oh, I really like want to protect you from Takina's side. And it's like, oh, I really want you to protect me, but it's useless from Chisato's side or something like that. And who knows? But there's like, there's a lot of like chemistry uh, in the way that the characters interact and are like what their priorities are. But then it's like, because it doesn't really go there, I'm just like, yeah, you didn't really mean it to be full Yuri. Like, are you, you're doing that Yuri thing, which is a thing, like, send in Yuri is a thing. There are a lot of Yuri, like, titles in, like, manga that are for men. But it's like, when I look at it, it's just like, it's about, like, tension between capable women. And I'm just like, I, I, I can go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I can go to school and sit in the lunch area and just watch five people go do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Can... <laughs> You're like, it's all around you. Right. Like, this is, <laughs> this is my existence. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not worried about uh, meeting highly technical, technically skilled women. Like, they're everywhere. Uh, and for you to like kind of the problem is is that it almost is fetishizing it and it's just like I don't appreciate like turning this thing into like rare air when it's Mm. just like I just want I just want an interesting Yuri romance yeah yeah and I think that that's the that's one of the things about it is like it has all the potential because the leads chemistry are really off the charts and then narratively it just doesn't want to commit on the on that thing that it could do you know what i mean and ultimately like it like narratively there's so many opportunities where like maybe the tension between the two of them could just be broken with a kiss Mm -hmm. and it would be like great you know and like narratively they've already done so much that they they just have to commit to it and it just they just like won't for whatever reason they chose to Mm -hmm. and i do think it's because partially that subplot um nature of their relationship because there's so many plot details like they have to go through right because like because there's so many twists that go that goes on with people's past and so you know one of the things that francesca was saying is that chisato's like why are you trying to protect me like i'm already gone right and this is something integral to her character um for you know if you want to watch the show and not know what's integral to her character stop now stop the podcast now go watch the show it's only 12 episodes um if you're just like to hear our voices we we move on um (laughs) and so um you know like you realize that uh chisato like um was part of this like was part was part of the reason why they were able to defend japan was able to defend against this really big terrorist attack that happens like some years before um but doing so like she like ends up her heart ends up failing or something something about her heart goes sour Mm -hmm. and so she needs um so she gets um basically a mechanical heart um like made for her body um but it's like a prototype mechanical heart um that's made by this foundation they have like an an 
English name. What is the foundation? The Allen Institute. Yeah, the Allen Institute. Thank mm. you. Um, I was like, I was like, I know it's, I didn't know it's a name. <laughs> um, the Allen Institute, who like they're they're investing in, um, they they do all this kind of investing in geniuses, um, and so um, you realize that Chisato is supposed to be this kind of genius that they're that they want to invest in, and it's about like allowing the genius to do what they're best at to the best of their capabilities mm-hmm. and so Chisanto's kind of like um high caliber skill um and combat and all these things um is actually supposed to be like she's supposed to be a genius of killing and so you find out kind of later that the narrative is being trying to force Chisanto to kill again because she refuses to mm-hmm. right um she's not aware of this at the time and all she's aware of is that the prototype um heart that she has will basically like keep her in service to the um to to japan until um time until like she would naturally retire so Mm -hmm. whatever age they retire which is probably like 18 or something right um and so like she's very aware that she has limited time and so because she's really ginky and her persona is live life and be free and all this kind of stuff, um, it might account for some of her uh, not reacting to Takina's desire. You know what I mean? Because mm. she, she's, she holds on, she doesn't tell Takina for a very long time. And Takina has no idea. So Takina is almost kind of like, why won't you love me? And like, you know, like, like Chisato smiles and then puts on like a, re- like a skull mask and then just like walks away. You know, she doesn't do that in the anime, but that's like, you know, a, a visual. But that's of, like, of what's it's, going on. it's such a, but that in itself is like such a deary like dynamic. It's just like, oh, you've caught, I've, you, you seduced me. And like, now we're in this weird, like, in, tr- like, we're in a, some sort of relationship like we're in some some relationship because it's just like i don't know what this is and then it's like and it's fully just like this is nothing like i call you i come over i leave like that's what it is and then like talking is like but that's but i wanted to go eat pancakes with you and it's like you gotta call me back for that. Like I'm going home. You gotta set this up. It's a new thing. There's no continuation. Right. Right. So I don't know. Like I to mean, your point I... of like episode four, they could be together. It's like yeah, they could totally be like hooking up. But Chisato's sitting here like no, no, no. This is just like it's just a hookup. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, and she's not. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like. Like, Shazanta's, like, not being transparent, right? And, like, not being why, like, she's emotionally reserved or why she doesn't emotionally want to commit, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, and it shows up in, like, a different, like, a number of ways, right? Um, talking as, like, when she finds out, she becomes super overprotective. And she's like, you answer me when I call you. Whenever I fucking call you, yeah. you fucking answer, you know? Yeah, exactly. And Shazanta's like, whatever, whatever, that's what you need. Like, I'll just do it. Like, I don't care. Like, right. I'm going to die soon. <laughs> like, right. And it's like it's like interesting because like Chisanto is the the cheerful character, and then she just like kind of everything that she says and does becomes just like clouded in this like you know awareness that she will die soon. Um, and not to mention, oh, go ahead. 
Good. No, go ahead. go ahead. Not to mention that the fucking Spike Spiegel XP shows. I'm like, get out of here, Spike. I don't need you here right now. I want season like whatever of Cowboy Bebop before you show up in my fucking oh. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. that I was whole like, thing. What are you talking about? And I'm like, I'm like, oh yes. That guy, and 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 then it was just like, oh my god, like now now Chisato is totally fixed on catching you. And you two have some like weird like buddy buddy back and forth, which which to me read as bros. I was just like, yes. oh no, <laughs> <laughs> yes, like secretly Chisato is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm just like, in another lifetime, you two just like meet at a bar and like chuckle at each other's like, I don't know, name some dating site. Oh, like Tinder dates or something? I guess. It's just like you two chuckle at each other's like Tinder inboxes. Like, yeah. oh, look who's talking to me. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> the funny part is I could actually see those two characters doing that. Right? Um, we don't remember his name, right? Uh, like, um, uh, it's... Majima? Oh, is that his name? Yes, it is Majima. Okay. Wow. Good job. Good job, uh, Francesca. Go ahead. I was just going to tell people who Majima was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell, tell them. I'm, I just said Spike Spiegel XP. It's really not true. It just looks like it. No, when you said that, I was like, wait, what? And then you saw Combo Kubo, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, so one of the plots in the show is that um, this is character Majima. Um, he is... Uh, he is a self-identified terrorist and he like wants to bring down he wants to reveal the the liquoroids to the public and make them aware that like japan is basically in a police state um because apparently they're so good at their job that like no one is aware that japan is in a police state um <laughs> it's essentially it's essentially his thing um and so he's kind of like the main antagonist um throughout the series um and he's like he like ends up discovering Chisato. They end up having a relation. He was at the terrorist thing that happened uh, with Chisato earlier that made her like have an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in some ways it's like he's Chisato's childhood friend and like that weird trope, you know, mm. he, like knew he knew her before Takuma knew her. Right. Um, <laughs> and he is also a genius. I think he's a genius of hearing. He has a great, uh, hearing abilities mm-hmm. and so um he is also actually supported by the allen institute which is like another um like plot gag is that the allen institute is literally like we do not care mm-hmm. um all we want you to do is to be the best use who you can be even if that means like destroying like society right <laughs> we just want to make sure it's like we like doing genius which is never like clear why they want to do that but like is it is it's just what they do um mm-hmm. and so yeah so that's too much was yeah yeah so then he shows up and like it it just it just diverts away like he he's like just there to keep the yuri from yurifying it's just like mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're keeping this lily from blooming and i am mad at you <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's like it's like funny i mean it's like they have really funny chemistry as we it's just like oh they're i would say that these two are good friends because like chisato doesn't have any sort of like whenever she does sort of seem to have any attachments they do sort of go to takina or like maki or um or mika or uh 
basically the the cast yeah and then like he's sort of the big bad but it's also just like he's her best friend gone awry and mm-hmm. it's like now i gotta fucking set, set you straight like now i gotta sort you out again like you're, you know you keep doing this this is the second fucking time <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take, <laughs> but we are going to fix this. Yeah, and like, totally. There's like a whole, like, I think the last two episodes are kind of dedicated to them, like, having a back and forth in a, like, slowly decaying tower. And it's just like, oh, this isn't how yeah. we, we needed to spend this this finale, but, like, we're doing it. And talking us somewhere being like chisato where are you and it's just like talking you deserve someone who's as <laughs> as like deep and deep in like uh you know the gay as you are <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah, like chisato yeah. is just like i don't care this is fun <laughs> <laughs> i yeah i totally agree like they even even like you know even when they have like kind of talking to like breaking through the wall or something and then like it ends on the frame of like her and Chisanto like back to back and like you know very like we're lovers we're friends whatever whatever yeah we're lovers and friends um and buddy cops yeah yeah like you know like like they have that whole moment it's like so much of the speaking airtime is like given to like the back and forth and kind of the reveals that are going on. This is like where the plot kind of comes through mm-hmm. um, of Majima and Shisato. And so you're kind of like, you know, even when like fucking talking, it's like, no, my baby. <laughs> she does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Last arc of the season. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it like almost like doesn't. Shisato's just like so elsewhere in her thoughts. Yeah. During those moments that like it does, it just doesn't congeal in the way that it would congeal in a, a different show you know like it just it's like it's a weird it's so it's so weird because you know even the ending um you know chisato like kind of disappears first um like leaves town and she's like kind of in recovery somewhere and then like you know um talking to like finds her and like they have like a whole like moment together back there and it's like At oh you finally got spring. back with your girlfriend but like even then chisato is like kind of still distant like still like it's like yeah, and yeah. it just like sucks because you can just feel the that gap yeah. for like the rest of the season. It's like you two are alone in a hotel room, and and all you're like, and you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's what? just like, <laughs> and it can and it, and you know it doesn't have any of those. It has none of the physicality of like other animes where like there's like at least like a fucking um what are what are they called the wall shows. Oh, Kabedon? yeah yeah you know what i mean like there's no there's no like there's periods where they're like maybe like close but like they could even done like a like foreheads touching and just like like happy like laughing together you know like there's just like so many tropey moments that it just doesn't even do to like give you like okay all right (laughs) you know (laughs) It, it almost feels like like narratively even though like the plot like it's because of the plot. They just have to do too much bullshit with the plot. But it almost feels like narratively, the creators were like, "Do you think that was enough Yuri? I think that might be enough Yuri. We're just gonna we're just gonna slowly back away from the Yuri right. like it's that like we've they're created." It's like we made, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like we don't need to do this anymore. Or like you know, like it just feels so. 
It feels so non. I said non-committal so much this episode, but, but it, it, is it, it really does. No, that's that's. I mean, I don't know. I maybe I maybe I'm too gay. Maybe I don't know what female friendship, like pure female friendship, looks like. I I do have female friends, but like that is not that, and like this is this is not casual enough for me to read as friendship. Like, there's too much emotional investment in each other's well-being or in Chisato's well-being to Takina and then like Takina's so bubbly and effusive to everyone it's just like well I don't know I don't know but I, yeah it, it I think non-committal is is what they did here and it's the it's the thing that makes me worry about Yuri shows it's just like you guys go head first into like we're gonna tell. We're gonna set you up. We're gonna like set up the pins on this like strike for this Yuri game, and then like all of a sudden you throw the bowling ball down, and like <laughs> like like the pins just become like steel. <laughs> it's yeah. like oh, we're not knocking shit down now, or or it's just like oh, you you hit a seven ten split, so you're only gonna get nine. You're never gonna get the full ten. Right, and then right. it's just like, oh, okay, well, if I had known that you were setting me up to split, I wouldn't have bowled in the first fucking place, my guy. <laughs> this is this is very true. And it's really, the, the non-committalness feels very strange because we're going to transition mm. um, because of the reason why I asked to watch, <laughs> I'm just going to watch the show. That was really so there's, so, there, so it, the non-committalness feels really strange um, because of something that happens, but we have to like kind of go back. Um, the another important, important part of this thread is that Chisanta doesn't know who her father is. Mm. Now, the person that she's like calling father is the person that ends up saving her life, right? So, because um, Chisanta is an orphan, mm-hmm. um, and it seems like many of the girls might have been orphans that are then like raised to be soldiers, which is an entirely different moral issue. Um, <laughs> but the, but you know, like so. Trisato has this identification with, like, who's her dad. Um, obviously, um, Mika is, um, like, a father figure to her, right? Um, but there's this other person that, like, she's kind of obsessed with finding and obsessed with getting the validation of. Which also shows, like, another a reason why Chisato's, like, not emotionally available, right? Mm. Is that, like, her entire, like, kind of existence is trying to find out who her dad is, like, before she dies right Mm. and to like see if like she's made this person who saved her life happy Mm. because it's this person who saved her life that makes her not want to kill ever again right right? by being saved chisato is like i can no longer take life like life is precious right and so Mm. it's this critical thing that happens Mm. um we kind of know um the audience knows not the not the cast members know um, that the blonde man who's been walking around... Yoshimatsu. Oh, what was it? Mm. Yoshimatsu? Yoshimatsu? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shinji Yoshimatsu. Um, so Yoshimatsu um, is um, uh, is connected to um, a lot of moving parts. He's with the Allen Institute. I think it's clear that he's with the Allen Institute early on. Um, and he's kind of clear with some of the like the background um machinations the tactical machinations that are going on um he ends up um 
I don't actually remember how they confirmed this, but he ends up, um, you know, visiting the cafe a lot, and he uh, asks Mika out um, to a bar that they go to, and um, because Chisato is, like, trying to find out who her dad is, she ends up, like, tailing Mika, and so they end up being at the bar together. Um, and there's, like, a, there's, like, a, there's, like, a concern from somebody that Mika's going to meet a woman, hmm. and Chisato and the green one, the older woman who's a driver, they, like, give each other, like, a knowing look or yeah. something. Um, now, I don't remember what confirms it, Francesca. Wait, confirms what? Because this is when they, this is when you find out that Mika is gay. Well, a series of flashbacks, I think. Well, but they find out at the bar. Like, there's a thing that happens at the bar that confirms it. And then you get the flashbacks, I think, the next episode. Is it? I, I feel like the bar was just, like... I couldn't. I could be wrong, but I just feel like the things that were happening at the bar were very much like, "Oh, what is going on right now? This is not friends." Um, I think there was just like insinuations at the bar that were very strong. No, 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 no. They say that he's gay. They do at the bar. Yeah. Oh. Um. Cause, cause, well, on the wiki it says, "Realize realizing the meeting is a date since Mika is a homosexual." Shisada decides to leave, but discovers it was Yoshimatsu who saved her life like ten years prior. Because she like tries to see who Mika's trying to, because the person who doesn't know is Takina, uh. and so and so like because Shisada knows that he's gay, mm-hmm. and so she like goes thinking that he's gonna she's gonna find somebody. Then he then she sees him with Yoshimatsu, or she sees him with a man. I think she doesn't see him with Yoshimatsu. Mm. Um, something like that. Something weird happens. And so she's like, oh, we should leave them alone. He's on a date. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say that explicitly until, like, l- late, later in the episode. Mm-hmm. And then you get the, the flashbacks. Oh. Because then it becomes, like, a fucking soap opera between the three of them. Right. Um, so, anyway, back to what we were talking about. <laughs> we're messy. We're messy. The point is, <laughs> the point that we're making is that Mika and Yoshimatsu are gay. Um, we don't get any, I think we just get, like, hotel, a lot of shots in the hotel room. And like a lot of them robes. are wearing, yeah, bathrobes. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot it of them nothing post- until there were bathrobes. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> but we got a lot of, like, post-sex scenes. <laughs> wait, post? I well, don't I know if that the... was post. Oh, okay, okay. I don't sure. know, I don't know. I'm just like. You know, most of the times it's like, who's showering first? Because, you know, you, oh, yeah, you yeah, clean yeah, up. Yeah, totally. And then you yeah, do. totally. It could have been poster. It could have it just been a, you know, a cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They don't see each other very often. What so round yeah. are you on? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but So we get in the show a confirmation of a gay couple. Yeah. Um, and it's two men. And mm. one of them is a black Japanese mm-hmm. man. <laughs> And I like lost my. I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I was like, "Francesca has to watch this because yeah. there's no way that I like can't have you watch this thing that has a black character that is um, not done in like a traditionally stereotypical Japanese depiction of black people no. way." And then he's gay. Yeah. <laughs> On top of it, like, oh, I really I'm... see you now. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what else to talk about besides that. No, <laughs> I just mean, ha- yeah. just how happy I was. I was very like, wait, what just the fuck? Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I think I definitely was like, I missed something. <laughs> like, like rewound and was like, no, this is what's happening. Oh, my God. But then I was also like, oh, my God, not Yoshimatsu, this dude. Because for a while, I thought he was just like being super creepy with uh, Chisato. And then it was like, oh, no. 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 Chisato was raised by two gay dads. Yeah. Chisato <laughs> has two dads. It's like, oh my God. Not assassin daddies. <laughs> yeah, and well and one's like like, you know. Yeah. It's wild because they like they like both see Chisato as like a project in the beginning of like their relationship and then mm-hmm. Mika spends all this time with her and he's like, That's our daughter. Mm-hmm. You know, and he literally is like I think he says our daughter, right? And it's like very like they are together. Mm-hmm. They were together, they've been separated, they have like a long marriage, a long divorce, like whatever, like the feelings are there. Wow, wow, sorry. But all it was my, also like, but it was so just good. like like, oh my god, like Mika, you're sitting here being like the, I don't want to say like maternal, but you're giving mm-hmm. like full like, like mama bear moment. Yeah. And like here, and and then it just like, yeah, like when you're talking about the drama that busted out, it was just like, oh yeah, this is turning into like, but I want our daughter to be excellent. It's like, but she should have a, like a, a rich and fulfilling life, but I want our daughter to be excellent. <laughs> it's like, but I, but she has a heart condition and she doesn't have this much time and you're really like stressing me out and I think that you're fucking wrong and I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. Like the narrative just becomes something so different because it's like at like what cost will both of their both of the dads like go to to like, you know, uh lit like to to fulfill their dreams, right? Yeah. And Mika's dream is different. Mika dream wants Chisato to be happy be like a good father right <laughs> like in the end it was like actually wait have you played tekken uh yeah okay but... okay so here, here chisato is like jin oh yeah and uh-huh. then like loki like mika is jun <laughs> and then yoshimatsu is fucking kazuya being like i will yeah. make you into a mishima and, and then jun's like I will teach you Kazama style. (laughs) Jin is like, yes, I can't be evil. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Jin too. Um, Yeah, Yeah, she was so good. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And I'm like, you know, like literally, like what Yoshimatsu does, because essentially you find out um, narratively, they find out that like another um, heart was made. which makes sense because the Institute is kind of fucked. So they always would have a backup plan if they really want the longevity of genius to like c- c- exist. Right. So you realize that um, a new heart has been made and that like, if she sought to have that new heart, she could live a very, a, lo- a much longer life. Mm. Um, we don't know. I don't think narratively they say how much long, but like, you know, it's supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to work out all the kinks. It's not a prototype. Right. And so, they can't locate this heart as they as as the cast kind of finds out about Chisato's condition, and um, they feel like they're running out of time. And then Yoshimatsu is like, 
I got a heart transplant with the electric heart that you need to survive. So you have to, my daughter has to kill me. Right. Because I'm the only person that has this heart Mm -hmm. that she needs. Oh, because that's what happens. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? What drama? You know? And so like in the, in the scale of like, Talking on Shisato's relationship, very, very small <laughs> at yeah. this point because we got like gay dads. We got like yeah. gay d- one gay dad going like weird dad yandere right. <laughs> and like the other one, kill you know, me. like and it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, kill me so you can live and like be the person I want you to be. Right, like like Yoshimatsu, why are you making us bury a gay, like an actual gay, like not a just like monocle on gay. Like, no, like, yeah. Like, no, we don't want to kill the, the assassin daddies. And it's, like, wild, right? Like, she's Santo can't. She's, like, loved this person. She's admired this person. She's, like, all these kinds of things. Yeah. And, like, you know, the person who ends up killing him is Mika. And right. And like, a whole kind of, like, tragic, silent, off. I was really glad it was off-screen, off-screen like thing that happens between that mm-hmm. and that's why shisato ends up leaving because she gets surgery to get the new heart right. um and um and then there's like a letter that there's like a letter that she doesn't receive or something mm-hmm. from him right because he cause he says something fucked up like you finally did it you finally killed me like you write something like wow you really killed me girl and it's like fucked and mika being a you know a reasonable adult is like i don't think my daughter needs that right. <laughs> so it's just not gonna happen like not today but, yeah. this is why i got a divorce yeah yeah but i it's like it's one of those things where like i uh, to see that on screen right mm-hmm. and to for it to be such a surprise is one weird that they're so non-committal about the yuri if they have a confirmed gay couple and then also kind of wild and like so so like mind-blowing because i don't i did not expect this show to have a canon gay couple and Mm. i don't know the last show that had one Mm. you know that's not like yaoi or something right because this is this is again we we, we're getting like a a confirmed queer couple that's not in a, a targeted audience show right which is like super big yeah i couldn't think of it either and i mean Maybe queer characters, but I couldn't think of um, the last queer couple in an anime that I've seen that wasn't, like, in the genre. Yeah, it's literally like your anime's. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, actually, fully. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I know, because that's one of the reasons why I, like, laud you on ice, like, really intensely. And I, I don't think, I think it's hard for people to, like, understand, like, why yeah. I'm obsessed with that show. But uh, Yeah. I just want to say, this is, it's like, on one hand, I agree with you. Like, why couldn't you commit to the Yuri if you already had this really wonderful, like, queer couple? On the other hand, I'm just like, even the queer couple, they had to kill one of them off. Like, oh my god, (laughs) y'all can't save, like, save the gays. I'm tired of, like, losing one and then having to deal with, like, Oh my god, like Mika, like <laughs> such a great character, but you know, what is it? Don't they end in like in like some I are they in like Hawaii or some shit? And yeah, I'm like Mika is is stranded in Hawaii on the beach looking at all of these surfers reflecting <laughs> on his lost 
love. And I was just like, y'all did, y'all did Mika dirty. Like Mika can't even like. Mika is not going on any fucking dates in paradise because like. I just murdered my lover, my like ex-husband, and ripped his heart out for my daughter. I want a drink. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I, it was, like, that was, the, that was the queer I watched it for. When there was queer, I was like, oh yeah, what is Mika doing right now? Like, what is gonna yeah. happen with Mika and Yoshimatsu? And then like, what is it? Um. Mishima or whatever his name is, uh, oh, oh, Majima, came up oh, yeah, and right. like I was just like, okay, the Yuri is off the fucking table. Let me, let me just enjoy Mika's like tragic <laughs> romance. <laughs> like <laughs> that was a cheap trick, <laughs> but at least it, <laughs> but at least it actually turned into some kind of gay, like actually. <laughs> Which I like, low key like love like love and like really dislike you know what i mean yeah. where you're like okay i'm going for this like queer show okay no no okay no queers got it and then you're like suddenly like oh there's a there's a queer oh that's like a bad bury the gay trope mm-hmm. but i mean it was kind of good <laughs> and you're just this like some alchemy <laughs> shit like oh you thought we had yuri we'll take this fucking straw and like a banana <laughs> now we've got gay <laughs> One straw, one banana. (laughs) That's the alchemical formula, folks. Um. And a it was it was it was a straw, a banana, and a bathrobe, and then suddenly we had a queer, like an actual legitimate queer romance. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm here. The animation's good. You set me up for this. I do like Mika as a person." We better not be killing him off. Oh, it was his lover. Oh, <laughs> that's fine. Mika's alive. I, you know, that's like one of those things, though. You know, and then like also Mika has to reveal, you know, that like he's like, oh, this is like, whatever. Hmm. He reveals that he's a little bit more able-bodied as he like takes him out because he's like been seen like not able-bodied right. for a wild. Which that's like a we're not. Yeah, he's on that Nick Fury side, like level. But, yeah yeah but it's like you know you just get all this you get all this depth for a character that was like really background and it didn't and because of the way it like really contributed to the stakes of the narrative it just felt so good and that was like a really nice you know because he's a spy yeah he's a really good spy yeah but like it's like it it, it, that's why that's why it's so good because no, he, yeah. he, he was in the background for so long yeah you know? he played the long I think, game i think the only underutilized character is the um the hacker girl no oh she's there for like laughs she right? is she is and she like she's like the what is it she's the um you always need someone that like has they're not omniscient cerebro Right, you always oh, need like a cerebral. She's kind of like the Professor things. X. No, well, I would. Uh, if they, well, if like, they were like... the X Men, let's think about it. If they were the X Men, <laughs> I think Professor X is Mika. I think. Uh-huh. Um, I think. What is it? I think. I think uh, the hacker girl. What's her name? Fuck. It's Kurumi. Chizuru? 
Oh, Kurumi, yeah. I think she's more like <laughs> Beast. She's she's sort of like up in her like science thing and like can while out in a in a certain way, but is like almost completely useless in other ways. Interesting. Like she has she's really just never high on the stats. Front lines. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. It's like she has she has really like really high backline stats. If anybody was actually going to pierce the like cafe, like she'd be fucked in in a in a minute. Like she's yeah. just like completely fully backline, and that's why like Mika is tanking for her basically. It's like Mika is always at the fucking cafe. Like no one is getting in here. Like <laughs> I am protecting you. And then like uh, what is it? Uh, um, Takina and Chisato. One of them is Jean Grey and one of them is Cyclops. This is all I know. There's that. And then I would say that, like, if anything, fucking Mizuki is, is like, if we're talking original X-Men, then Mizuki is Angel. Like, you're, oh. you do a really interesting thing. Like, you have your moments, but you are actually useless and, like, <laughs> slightly forgettable. Like, you were replaced when we got to Uncanny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so, and I realized, I mean, <clears throat> she's the only one old enough to drive. Yeah. Um, But I, she might do other things, but I literally put her in the older woman that drives in Princess Principal. Yeah. They just, like, kind of exist in, like, the same way. Except I like that. the character way more. No, yeah. I'm creating her name right now. Um, oh, wait, but you know what I mean? Like, Princess I was just Principal? like, that's that's who you are in, your, in, your, in this uh, spy team. Trope. She's like the the comic like relief with Kurumi. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. remember what the uh what the terms are, but like Kurumi is like they actually I feel like they both go back and forth like basically being slapstick with each other. But mm-hmm. like one has an idiot moment and then the other one picks it up or like the other has an idiot moment and like the other one picks it up. Right, right, right. So they just kind of go back and forth. Like, neither one of them is um, kind of in their fixed role. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're just, they're just like comic relief at some point. Yeah. I can definitely see what you're saying. I just was thinking about Cerebro in terms of like what the utility of it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is. Because it's like they need a location of somebody, right? And she's like, I'm going to send my drones to like find you the location. And so I just. I see that as, like, action-wise. Well, plus she sort of also has this, like, long game going on with, like, Majima's hacker dude. So she she has a long... that long game. She's just like, I own you. Well... I'm the better hacker. It's true, but it's still just... (laughs) I'm the better hacker, but I, like, actually will prove it in the end. But, like... Yeah. yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't actually... That's just something, like, that could not be a full plot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the moments that it does crop up are appropriate. Right, right, And right. so she she's, like, a very well-tuned character. Uh, you know, she, like, adds the plot points about how they actually do things using surveillance and technology because she's the tech girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then she has, like, her own antagonist, but it really doesn't, like, um, like take up the heart of the show. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just as a note, because I 
I listened to this episode recently. Um, this is another red and blue owning trope. Oh, yeah. Because weirdly, we also we also just bring up tropes randomly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> just to let you know, if you're looking for another example of a red and owning and blue owning trope, here's one. Um, and yeah, um, I think on that note, we're going to transition a little bit, you know, um, to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're doing this thing um, right now, and I actually feel inspired to use what Francesca was talking about for our poll. Oh. Um, if you listen to us on Spotify and you're on the Spotify app, I apologize, it's so specific, um, you have access to a poll and you can answer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I actually don't... How is this going to work? Well, you're going to figure it out, Francesca. I will Could figure it, be it like out. A fill but... is, is, the, is the poll option like a fill in the blank? I don't know. Which is more of a survey. I think it's more of a... <laughs> it's like multiple choice or one or the other. And maybe... I don't think fill in the blank is in there. But it, you you would hope. You would want. Okay. Well, um, being inspired by Francesca's uh, question... Um, I think that we should ask which X-Men do you think Francesca is? This is going to be a little bit seated. Um, We're going to have some options. It can't be all of them. That's too big of a poll. Um, But yeah, let us know. And if you disagree with our poll list that's on the Spotify app, um, you can always email us at... (gasps) (laughs) You can email us at bmgpod. (laughs) At gmail.com. Sorry, I know that was too smooth for you. Um. I was really like, wow. These transitions, I need to like, uh, like ask you for, for help. Um, yeah, so um, you can email us what you think if you don't agree with any of the poll choices. And then um, we can include them in our reveal of the poll if anyone ever takes it. Yeah, um, there's that. It's not... It's totally fine if the polls aren't answered. I just like doing them. A little fun, cute thing. Yeah. Um, cute. Um, and then with that, I think, thanks for listening us talk about uh, Lickless Recoil. It, it's a weird show. We don't need to talk about if we actually enjoyed it or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, I hope y'all are doing great mm-hmm. and you're taking care of yourselves. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Valentine's Day is around the corner. This won't be released in Valentine's Day, but I hope that you had a really cute time with somebody, mm-hmm. either a friend or a lover. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>